Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing week. And now that we are legitimately, and I do mean legitimately, at the brink of the actual holiday, meaning we are here at the Christmas time, Christmas is legitimately around the corner. How are you really feeling? I ask that because this these last couple of days can be stressful. You're trying to stretch your last finances. You're also trying to make sure that you have money to pay bills and things that you'll need after the holidays. You know, a lot of things go into making the holidays what it what you want it to be. And it goes far beyond gifts. You know, people talk about, you know, gifts not being the main reason of the season. But when you're out and about, when you're gifting other people, people have the expectation that there will be some sort of gift. And that could be financially straining if you don't have the money to take care of that. It could be financially straining if you do have the money to take care of it because you're trying to make sure you don't forget anyone and you want to go over and above and beyond and all these different things that are taking place. And I, I listen, I understand it. And I would love to be able to try to, you know, solve that, sprinkle some excuse me, some type of holiday, you know, pixie dust that would just fix it, but that's not necessarily how life works. Um, On today's episode, because we're going into the actual holidays, I really want to talk about how are you handling yourself because you're integrating yourself for the most part around family or friends. How do you integrate yourself when you're dealing with mental health? This is something that a lot of people struggle with because mental health doesn't turn yourself off just because you're hanging out with an aunt. It doesn't turn itself on or off. When you're around your friends, it legitimately is a part of who you are. It's a part of your journey. And if you, you know, I've dealt with high level anxiety, um, levels of depression, um, episodic depression, and it could be anything that can trigger you. For me, high levels of stress triggers me sometimes to the point, the feeling of being overwhelmed, the feeling of feeling like I'm not going to get things done or the expectation for things to get done is just a little bit too much. It can just overtake me. It overtakes your thoughts. It overtakes the way that you move. It can make you angry. It can make you start to yell around the people that are around you because you're trying to convey a message, but what you don't understand is behind your voice, behind you, what you're saying is stressful. And you may be operating like this. You may have operated like this your whole life and didn't realize, oh, you know, I'm dealing with these levels of anxiety. I'm dealing with these levels of depression. Honestly, a lot of people didn't realize that they were dealing with these types of things until the last few years because no one had the opportunity or time to think about it. If you're in high level of stress, if you're stressed, struggling over something, you simply sometimes just kind of continue going. You don't really put in two and two together to try to figure it all out. You just think that this is just normal. This is how I operate. People may even get used to your yelling, your family, your kids, your husband, your friends. They get used to you yelling. They get used to you responding in a certain way. So they don't even think that something's wrong. 
And it's never okay that you gotten to the point where your behavior, your outbursts seem so normal that it's okay. Like it's not okay. And so how do you handle these things? Well, again, a lot of things happen way before the holidays. You know, you've got to put the work in establishing some type of therapy schedule. You know, there are so many different things like, you know, some people do some of the most out of the box things because it helps to regulate them. And I'm okay with doing things that are outside of the box. And especially when it's something that doesn't cause further harm, you're not putting things into your body, you're not doing things to outwardly hurt other people, and you're doing things to help regulate your the way that you think. You know, even going to the chiropractor for a, just just little things like that can add up and help you with your mental health and your self care. You know, it's not about going to the spa, although I am a spa person, I do love going to a good spa, I do love going to a good nail session, but the point of it is. You can get a massage and still come back and not be able to handle your stress. Your nails can be whipped up every week and you still can't handle your levels of stress. So this is why I caution some things that we do for upkeep, the things that we do because we kind of like it, the things that we do because we like the way that, like for instance, with nails, if you like the way nails look on you, so you keep your nails done, you can have the best nails in the world and still be at home and be the worst on the struggle bus. Like none of that is going to equate to you being healthy and happy and whole. What does equate is, you know, learning to garner your responses. Like sometimes for me, I've had to like say to myself, why don't you just take a deep breath? You don't have to respond right after something you hear. You know, I'm usually really good with being quick on the draw. Like I'm really good at that. Extremely quick witted. So my mouth can be very quick witted. So I can hear somebody say something, whether it's something nice, whether it's something bad, and I can have a response extremely quick. And although that's a great skill set to have, the skill set can also backfire when you don't have the, the propensity to think. Like, take your time before you speak. Think about your words before they leave your mouth, because once they leave your mouth, you can't bring them back. And so I've had to learn how to put that into more practice because that helps me with my self care. I'll give you an example. This week, my um, husband allowed my son to go to hang out with his friends. Um, I had to pick up my oldest daughter anyway. So then I'm on my way to go pick him up. He's not answering his cell phone whatsoever. Now I have a nail appointment that is about 40 to something minutes away. Having to pick him up is becoming now something that's extra. And then picking up and he's not answering and me not even knowing the address as to where he is. So we're trying to get the address of where he's at because he was at one place. He called my husband to get permission to go to someone else's house while he was out with his friends. We didn't have the address of the second house. So we're trying to get the address of the second house. I'm trying to get him and pick him up, get him and his sister to the house so I can make my appointment. And I can't, he's not answering, can't find him, don't know where the address is. Immediately, the panic levels begin to increase immediately. And in the back of my mind, I'm saying to myself, I could go there, finally find him, scream, holler, look crazy, be that mom that's going off the deep end. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to just take five seconds to just really bring my, my response back and think about what it is that needs to be done. And so at the moment I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I'm calm. I'm going to make sure that I think about what it is that is happening. And I'm going to just make sure that I don't do anything that is going to jeopardize the situation. And thankfully I didn't, I picked him up. We had a conversation about, you know, Hey, your phone, 
it's supposed to be on you at all times. You're supposed to answer. But in all reality, he was playing a game of football. You, you can't have your phone on you while you're playing football. And so having to think logically about the situation instead of going in with emotion, instead of going in and allowing my anxiety to speak for me, I didn't have to yell at my son. I didn't need to scream and yell and go off the deep end because I needed to be somewhere and all these other things are happening. So, yes, we had the conversation to reinforce the, the, the fact that, yes, you should have your cell phone on us. But then as a parent, we should have had all the information prior to him going where he was going. So there was responsibility on both sides. And instead of going in there yelling, screaming, and going off a deep end because I need to be somewhere, I need to be somewhere. Sometimes your anxiety won't allow you to see things logically. But me taking that extra step back and before I respond allowed me to take a whole picture of the situation instead of just seeing my part of the picture. Um, Sometimes with this holiday season, you don't always see the whole picture. Right now, you're mad because your cousin says something to you your aunt says something to you and I'm gonna just say this because I have been around situations around family members who said things to me which is a trigger for me only because and I'm gonna tell you why my trigger is so hard my trigger is so hard because uh, my biological father which we've talked about on this podcast sometimes as some many a times before is the fact that he I don't have my biological father in my life so I feel like I've missed out on a part of my on his side of the family I don't have that connection. So with my stepfather, which again, I'm going to say this once and before, I only call my stepfather the stepfather because I need to clarify who I'm speaking about when I'm talking about both of them in the same context. With my stepfather, this is the family that is now by choice. I had the option if I choose to want to hang, be around and deal deal with them if I choose not to, because now I'm older, I don't have to be around them. As a child, I can't say, okay, I don't like the way so-and-so is treating me. I don't want to go back over there. Because even if I had said that, nobody would have, it would have went on deaf ears. I still would have had to go around them. As an adult, I don't have to. So now they're my family by choice. I get to choose if I want to um, deal and tolerate them. And so I feel like when I was younger or even as I got older, hearing their responses, some of the things that were said, I've always knew in the back of my mind, once I got to a certain age, I never had to deal with them. If I decided to walk away and never speak to anybody on my stepfather's side of the family, that would be my choice. I didn't have to because they're not blood related and they can pick and choose when they decide that I'm family or not and have done it. And let me say that again and have done it. Um, not necessarily now, and I don't even know if they are because I'm not around them enough. Um, so as a kid, I saw that, I saw that interaction where it would be in and out, in and out, in and out. And you get around a situation where you already was born into instability when it comes to family. And then you have the choice to pick and choose if you want to deal with instability. And you know, my answer is absolutely not. And so now my responses as an adult, as I became an adult, realizing that that was my reason for my response is because I don't have to deal with you. And if you're going to choose to pick and choose, I'm also going to be doing the picking and choosing, right? And learning how to convey that and convey the fact that I'm already coming in with hurt. I'm already coming in with pain, which is not necessarily their fault, but you don't treat, you don't mistreat children, right? And and even though I became an adult, I haven't forgotten. I've never forgotten all the times that I felt mistreated, all the times that they would say things that they thought that I was a kid and didn't understand, all of the times that were things were happening around me that I had no control over. And now that I became the adult, I began to take that power back. But in taking the power back, you still have to learn how to speak to people. You can get your point across or decide that the point is not even necessary and withdraw yourself out. Now, this whole option about withdrawing yourself, this is where people talk about the no contact. People get deep in their feelings when you decide that you no longer want to participate in the shit show, for lack of better words. 
And when you decide you no longer want to be a part of the shit show, they get offended because you're, you're not participating makes them know that it's because of something that they've done and they, child, they don't like that. So they want you to come back, come back in the fold. You should come back around. You know, we're Christians. And so we should forgive and we should forgive and move on. Let's take a pause on that. Sometimes a forgiveness, it means that I forgive you and I give you that peace that you couldn't grant me, but that doesn't mean I need to seat my feet underneath your table. It doesn't mean I need to enter into your home. That does not mean we need to have the same level of relationship that we had before. That bridge may have been burnt. The reason why I'm talking about this in the context of controlling our anxiety and controlling our responses and learning how to speak, you got to understand why you do what you do. And it took me such a long time to put the pieces together to understand where my anger was coming from to understand where my pain was coming from, to understand where my frustrations were coming from, to understand why I felt so strongly the way that I felt about certain topics, but wasn't able to put that into full words. I'm able to put that into full words now. I'm able to understand why I moved the way that I moved or the why I feel the way that I feel now. And now as a parent who deals with high level anxiety, who has children who deal with anxiety themselves, I'm able to help them figure it out because I'm also putting in the work to figure it out myself. I'm able to show them like, you don't always have to have all the answers, but sometimes just taking a step back. Had I taken a step back when I turned 18 and was able to put into words what it is that I wanted to say, first of all, I should have just went on ahead and cleared people and then moved on. But I didn't know how to do that because I still felt like, you know, people were telling me, oh, you shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't feel like that. Da, 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 da. And me listening to what everybody else had to tell me about my responses is what helped me to not be able to figure out what my responses was because I'm trying to make everybody happy. And as a people, as an ex people pleaser, because I don't live in that space anymore, you find yourself trying to find how to try to find your own words, but you're also trying to hurry up and grace other people. Sometimes you can't always grace people. Sometimes it's going to be best to say, listen, I, I'm sorry. This is, this is my stance. This is where I am right now. Maybe I'll change, but this is where I am right now. But I wasn't mature enough to handle that because I was the type of person that, again, is quick with it and I can pop off and I knew how to handle myself verbally. I was ready to do backflips and actually walk myself in situations just so I can quote unquote clear a room. Now, yes, I can clear a room, which means clearing a room simply means being able to let people know that this ain't what's, this ain't what we want to be. And this is not where you're going to land, right? Basically getting people off of you verbally and basically giving them the same energy by which they give you and or cuss them all the way back to where they belong. Yes, I can clear a room because I was Around people who cleared a room, people who cleared a room without even using a cuss word. So I can clear a room. The issue with learning how to clear a room and learning how to take care of yourself is that I learned that clearing a room, although it may feel like it gives me, gets things off my chest, the reality is that it doesn't. You still go to therapy talking about, I can't believe so-and-so said, I can't believe so-and-so did. And so I had to learn, how can I take care of me in these high level situations? First of all, how can I not, how can I prevent myself from getting into them? How can I be honest with myself and put myself in situations so I can be honest with myself first and then honest with those who may need that honesty, even when they're not ready. Okay. So with the holidays coming up, I could give you every phrase to say for every comeback that may happen. We talked about Christmas rules last week. There are going to be people who are going to be disrespectful and don't even realize that they're being disrespectful. There are going to be people who should want or feel like they should receive something when it's like, we don't even talk. Why? What, what is happening here? Right. I could give you every quick witted thing to say, but if it's not in you to say it, 
you'll be still stuck in the same situation. So how do you take care of yourself during this Christmas break or Christmas holiday? For one, be honest about where you are. If you're not at the space where you feel like you can handle being around certain people, then withdraw yourself. Don't do it. I get it. You want to be connected because the holidays can be such one of the loneliest times. But you have to ask yourself if sitting underneath their table, eating their food, having these conversations is going to trigger you to the point where you can't recover just to have people around you, uh, you need to reevaluate that. For me, it was absolutely not. I had to come to a point with my therapist and I just made a decision that it's time for you to withdraw yourself and gather yourself and get through this pain and hurt so that when you see people, you shouldn't have to operate from a place of pain. Everybody talks about how hurt people hurt people. Yes, that's true. But there's a responsibility within you to stop putting out hurt just because somebody else did it. Because what makes me different than them? If I'm complaining about them doing it to me, what makes me so different? I can say I'm justified in my actions, but are we really? No. So I had to learn that, yes, hurt people hurt people, but hurt people also have a responsibility to heal themselves. They have a responsibility to heal themselves. Even when the people around them aren't going to play fair, they have a responsibility to heal themselves. Even when they know that they will never hear a sincere sorry for the things that were said or done to them. I gifted myself the freedom to move without hearing that sorry. It would be great to hear, I'm sorry for how I talked to you as a kid. It would be great to hear, I'm sorry for how I hurt you. It would be great to say, I am mentally, physically, or emotionally abused you. And I, I shouldn't have done that. And I apologize. I would be blessed to hear it, but I also have to be just the same blessed if not hearing it. Cause I can't carry those bags around me. I cannot even parent my kids as a parent. I can't parent my kids from a place of pain. And think that it's going to make a difference because I'm going to tell you something, having kids can be some of the most triggering moments that you'll ever experience. If you don't go to therapy, I was online the other day and somebody was talking about preparing your body for pregnancy and the the girl, she's a plant-based person. So she was, you know, encouraging people to eat plant-based and there's so many people that's like, Oh my God, I could never, I could never, you can. You actually can. You can go plant-based. You can make it happen. You can alter your food. You can learn how to cook a different way. But regardless, he was saying about learning how to change the way that you eat and the things that you put into your body, the products that you put into your body. And she was also talking about going to therapy. And she was talking about doing all these things because while people are talking about, oh, I want to get pregnant, they're working, they're they're focusing on IVF. They're doing all these wonderful things that we have so much great technology for, but you're not preparing yourself for a child. You have a prepared for the fact that you're still living under the abuse of your parents. You're not preparing yourself under the fact that you're still living under the the guidance of the things that your grandmom then said, your aunt then said, you haven't cleared that in your body. And so you bring a child into this world and you go to love that child and you're going to be a better parent. You know, we tell ourselves, I'm going to be a better parent. I'm going to do it better than my parents. And you end up still demonstrating some of the things that your parents did, some of the things that your parents were, because you haven't done the work to clear that pain and that level of hurt. So if there's anybody that's preparing for a baby, I wish you well in that journey. But if you don't go and get your heart right, if you don't go get some therapy, and if you have not actually sat with a therapist knowing you carry that type of pain and hurt in your body, how do you bring a child and house a baby in the temple where the pain lives the hardest? How do you do that? I did it. And I wish I could go back and bring my babies into this life, into this world without such pain. But one thing I will say is once I figured it out and I figured it out, at least with the oldest. So I guess the other two seem to be okay. But with the oldest, I figured it out. 
And I was like, let me get my life together because simply loving on a child will trigger you because you'll sit there and say, well, if I could do this, knowing the pain that I feel, how can somebody else could not? And you start to prepare and compare yourself to why they couldn't. And I did. Why can't they? Because not everybody's in the same place. Not everybody's willing to receive. Not everybody's at that same healing stage. But ask yourself as you go into your family, is it worth it? Is it worth going around these people if it's going to trigger you to the point where you don't have a safe space? You have to create safe space around the holidays and safe spaces don't have to be something major. Safe space and creating these safe spaces could be simply, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to take care of me while this, all these things are happening. So with taking care of me, I'm going to make sure that if I get too overwhelmed, I'm going to bring a book, a crossword puzzle, something that I can do strictly by myself where I can remove myself for just a few moments and do that. I'm going to listen to a podcast or something like that. And I'm going to tell you one thing, when you remove yourself, even for a few minutes, be prepared for people to say, oh, you too good to sit with us. Oh, you too good to hang with us. Oh, you need a minute. Oh, you, what's wrong with you? Be prepared. But this is the thing. You can either remove yourself and take care of yourself and take that mental break. You can take care of yourself by reading that book for a little couple of minutes or listen to that podcast for a couple of minutes. You can take a walk around the block and come back. It would be best for you to do that than for you to just spill all that pain and that you're going through that you haven't yet checked because as you go through therapy, you don't just go to one session and be good. You got to go for a while. You got to then take the tools that you're learning and then apply them. That takes time. So if you've been to a few therapy sessions and you feel like, well, why is this still bothering me? Because baby, you're still healing. Healing is not linear. You don't just go up and you're healing. You may come back down. You may go all around the the chart. Healing is linear. You're not going to be healed and just take off. There's still moments that things still get to me and still bother me. And I have to, again, take that step back like I did with my son. Take that step back, count your blessings, ask yourself to say to yourself, what can I do right now to heal this part of me right now? What are, what are the things that I've learned in my journey that I can use right now? What skill sets can I apply right now? Because you have to be able to do that. You really do. You have to be able to do that. You want to be in a situation where you can control your thoughts or at least control what comes out of your mouth because you can't keep using the excuse of, well, I didn't know I was just mad. You know, I was just mad. No, stand firm. Like even in my most angriest of times, I've told people I've gone back and had conversations with people that I've had blowups with. And I've said, listen, I'm not apologizing for what I said. I've said this. I'm not apologizing for what I said. I can say that I can apologize for how the delivery came because I meant every word. I stand on business, right? I stand on business for what I said because what I said needed to be said, but not in the spirit by which I gave it. So I apologize for the delivery. I don't apologize for the words. I don't apologize for being honest with you and telling you where I was at just because you don't like it. I just apologize for maybe how the delivery came through because there's a better way for me to say what I need to say without going the way that I did. I've already said that. Like I will stand on business, not because I just need to stand on business, but because if it came from, especially the way that I've talked, the way I've talked with my therapist, for me, it was necessary. Like it was necessary. It was something that needed to be said. It was something that needed to be had. And yes, it could have been said a different way. Yes, it could have been done a different way. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that it didn't need to be done. It did not mean that it didn't need to be happening because again, it needed to happen. It needed to happen. So standing on business, learning how to to say it properly, just because you can say it don't mean you should. But I've never apologized for the things that I've actually said. I've only apologized for how it came out or my delivery in it because that was what was important. So 
Again, think about how you're going to interact with people. Think about, is it worth it? I get it. Being lonely is a hurtful thing. It just feels like, what have I done? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? And I am the one who's holding the bag. I'm the one that's holding the bag of trying to heal. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not. Like newsflash, it is not, it's not, it's not now, it's not going to be, it's just simply not. But getting through it, getting past it, and when you say getting past it, getting past it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Getting past it means how can I get past the initial pain of it triggering me to the point where I change my, who I am in the moment. So take a break while you're having Christmas dinner with people that you know could be triggerish. Count it up and ask yourself, is it worth going over to have dinner with someone when you know that it's going to be triggerish? My husband and I, no matter what the family house is, it does not matter if it's my parents, it does not matter if it's his family, it does not matter who it may be. We have a word that we have, and I'm not going to tell you the word because that's a word that obviously is for us. And if one of us uses that word, no questions asked, we pack up and we leave. It's because the fact of we have to be able to trust that our spouses know when enough is enough for them and they should not have to sit it out, duke it out and put themselves in a position that's uncomfortable just so that you can be with your people. Now, here's the thing. We can use the word. We can go to ourselves and have a conversation. And if you feel that you want to stay, let me leave, right? What that means is allow me to be able to leave and have that freedom to say, I've had enough and I have done all that I could do. And I need to uh, excuse myself. That is something that can be done as well. We don't both have to leave, but we should have the conversation that I'm feeling overwhelmed. Something that's being said, something that's being done is not okay. And I don't feel like I should have to just sit here and endure it. Just because you're married to somebody doesn't mean you have to sit and endure what their family is dishing out just because you're family, right? Um, you can have a limit. You're a human being, you're an individual, you can have a limit. And you can also decide that I'm not even going over there. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about not going over to your, your significant other's family side of the family. When your person wants to go over there, they don't need to hear from you about the how you ain't going over there and how you you just going to keep coming over there. They That is their family, right? And so they shouldn't have to hear your mouth before they go. They shouldn't have to hear you texting them, blowing them up for something that you don't necessarily need them for just because you don't want them over there. You want to see how long they're going to be over there. They're going to be over there however long they're going to choose to be over there, right? Because that's their family. They should have a right to go over there. And they don't have to hear your mouth when they return. That's the rule. If I choose to leave... I don't need to hear you questioning me about it as far as giving me a hard time. And while they're over there, while let's say my husband's with his family, I've had enough. I decided to leave as my choice. I don't give him a problem because he decided to stay. I don't give him an issue by texting and blowing him up and calling him every 2.3 seconds while he's not, while he's there and I'm, and I'm gone. And I don't give him the, the catch for 22 and give him the business when he comes home. Because anything that I wanted to know, while that was happening there, I could have known because I could have been there. And if I decided to leave for my own mental health, that's great. But I don't get to berate my husband, um, question him every 2.3 seconds, holler about how I should have left because da, 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 that doesn't work that way because that's his family. And let me just say something about that. You're married to somebody. You're not that. That person is not your child. I don't care how childlike they are. They can act like a kid and you don't know all these different things, but that's still not your child. And grown people should be able to move the way grown people need to move. Even if they're wrong, they need to be able to move the way they need to move. And I have never liked the notion of a spouse 
husband or wife berating and treating them their their spouse like a child because it's interesting that mostly women they'll treat their spouse like a child but god forbid that husband put their foot down and say that's not okay you get all up swelled up in your chest if that person wants to hang around their family members let them first of all we're not letting them that person is doing what they need to do you don't need to talk to them and let them know about how wrong they are because they want to hang with their family some people take a while before they can see the disrespect and that's on them that's their journey their journey can't be at the same level as yours it's easier for you to spot it because you're the outsider let me repeat that again it's easier for you to to spot the disrespect because you're an outsider but you cannot stop people from going to be around their people Yes, you marry and you go and you make your own family and that family is the priority. That doesn't mean that the priority means that that's the only thing that can happen. That priority is to make sure that you're good, make sure that you're in a situation that's healthy. And if you feel like you're in a situation where it's not healthy, yes, it's time for you to get up and leave and to leave that situation. Can your spouse leave with you? Absolutely they can. Do they have to? Not necessarily in every situation. Every situation doesn't work for everybody to get up and storm out of a place. Okay. And if that person wants to continue seeing their family to certain degrees, you need to let that go and stop fighting this battle. Because I know there's so many, listen, I know for a fact there are wives that will blow up their spouse's phone. When are you coming home? How long are you going to be there? That's not fair. That's not fair. Allow that person to spend time with their people, especially if you don't want to do it. My dad used to go to my grandma's house all the time. When I was younger, my mom didn't go. My mom didn't give him the business when he left. She didn't give him the business when he came back. It wasn't an argument and a fight just because he wanted to hang out with his family. This is ridiculous to me. Allow grown people to move the way that they want to move. Remove yourself if that's what you want to do. Now, if your spouse as a is a husband or a wife is disrespecting your spouse outwardly and abundantly in front of you, you do have a responsibility to speak up. If you're going to do something, you should be speaking up right? And let's say that you feel like it's not the right place. Okay, that's fine. Then you should just decide if it's time for you to leave that situation because you should never let and leave your spouse in an uncomfortable situation. You should give them some type of form of way of getting out of that, right? And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to leave. Maybe you come back and have a discussion with the people who did this one-on-one. There are thousands of one ways to handle a situation, but you should never leave disrespect to a spouse just out there and just let it be. That shouldn't happen. There is a gentle balance. And I'm not going to tell you that's going to be easy because there's always going to be one person that feels that you should have did more. And the resentment that comes from the person that feels like you should do more is something that you have to work out in therapy. That's something that you have to work out um, and decide. Because if you're going to stay married to a person, you're going to hold against the person that they should have done more. They should have done more. And how dare you? So you just shut down in your marriage. Why are you in it? And hear me clearly. There are some spouses that don't connect the pain and the hurt. And so you're holding the bag of the pain and the hurt, but you're still yet responsible for your own way of dealing that. That's still not that person's responsibility to help you get through it. This, this whole thing about spouses, we put so much pressure on our spouses to do everything. They have to do it all. They got to do whatever needs to be done. And they have to protect all these different things. And we keep forgetting that everybody has their own journey. There's nothing that your spouse can do to heal things that have happened. There's nothing that your spouse can do to heal the things that have recently happened. We put so much effort and spout and our energy on our spouses, making sure that they are everything to us. My therapist had to have a conversation with me about that. I was dealing with, you know, dealing with postpartum here and there. 
and saying, why didn't my husband, he should have done, he should have done, he should have done. And she said to me, while you keep talking about what he should have done, there could be some truth and validity to that. But as long as you keep pointing out what he could have done, what he should have done, what he should have said, what part of the responsibility are you taking for yourself? Because in every situation, there's personal responsibility. And sometimes I feel like we don't take enough personal responsibility. We dump our bags on our spouse and then we say, here, fix it. Your spouse is not a therapist. Your spouse can only do but so much. They can be supportive of your journey to get better. They can't be the reason why you get better. They can't be the, they can't be the solve to get you better. And they can't be the leader of your getting better. They can't. Because you know how that will wear off after a while. I did this because my I know this is going to make my spouse happy. Do you know how that's going to wear off after a while? Eventually, you're going to get sick of it. Eventually, you're going to go back to the old landmark and you're going to still bring that same pain because all you're doing is putting a Band-Aid on stuff. This holiday season, let's be a little bit smarter about allowing ourselves to think that our spouses are supposed to fix every minute thing in us because that's not how this works. Your spouse is not responsible for your personal healing. Your spouse is not responsible for your personal healing. This is a personal journey. They can support you in that journey, meaning that they encourage you. Hey, when you don't want to go to therapy and you know your therapy session is today, hey, you should probably consider going. They can tell you, hey, how did therapy go? Do you need anything from me? That's support. They are not there to help you with the wounds. They can't help you with the things to say. These are things that are in your journey to do. And if you're a single person, I I encourage you to get healed, to get through that healing journey, to start that healing journey so that you can come to whatever relationship that you choose to come to, whether it's a relationship with self, relationship with your parents, relationship with the people around you, the, you know, you, you can carry so much pain in your heart and your body that even, even people who don't even know you can see it. So you've got to go through and start the healing journey. Getting through the Christmas holiday can be hard. I remember when I was single and I had family because I would go to my family's house because, you know, that's what I would do. And I would hang out with my family. We'd go and hang out and, oh, you know, open up Christmas presents and exchange gifts and have dinner. But when I went back to my apartment, I was just like, wow, like I'm just starting to this process and I'm here. I don't have anybody to share these moments with, you know, having that intimacy with another person and desiring that. And, you know, at the time it's like, I wasn't in an environment where I didn't grow up, where it was okay to say, I desire to be with someone without having to be married. Listen, I grew up in a marriage minded church where everything was about marriage. When you go on that date, you're married. Don't remember you're dating to get married. You can date to get married without having marriage be the first thing that has to be the first and the last thing that talks. You can't even simply enjoy a coffee date with somebody. You can't simply enjoy a great dinner date and say, oh, this person is great. This dinner date was great without it going to planning out your wedding and thinking about kids you're about to have. Like at some point there's unhealthy parts of, you know, dating to be married. And we can have that conversation on another day because it's some, some very extremely unhealthy moments dealing with that. And so I didn't know that I can actually just go and hang out and enjoy somebody's company without actually having it to be thinking like, is this going to be my husband when I was a little bit like maybe, maybe after college, like right after college, I had knew better. Like I started to knew to know better, but I was still in that church. Like I hadn't stopped going just yet. 
And so everything was everybody, you know, you date that person, you couldn't date them and not get engaged and then get married. It was like really just once you dated that person, I never saw anybody in my church date that didn't actually get married. This is scary business because you can't tell me that the person that you dated that they just became that one. They just became the one, not all the time. And sometimes I feel like people in the dating world, especially if you have a Christian background, we feel like we absolutely have to go from date to the, to the altar. This is ridiculous, right? And I say this is because when you're at home and you're by yourself, you, it's okay to say, I desire to share this intimate moment of sitting in our house on Christmas day or even Christmas Eve and just talking with one another. And like for me, enjoying a glass of wine with my spouse, which is what we do now as a married couple. We sit and we look at the things that we have underneath our tree. We talk about the gratefulness of the things that we were able to do. We start to talk about the year and review. You know, that is an intimate moment to sit around and just talk like, and just have that conversation with my spouse. But I desired that, but just could never put into words. And so when you're sitting at home on Christmas day and you're like looking around and like I did when I was single, you're looking around, you're like, there's nobody to share this moment with. And then that's when you realize it. You you realize and you remember it or it comes full force when you're sitting at these types of holidays and everybody's allegedly coupled up or booed up or at least situationed up. Or everybody and their mama asking you when you're about to, when you're going to get married, when you're going to have some kids, when you're going to settle down. I ain't seen nobody. When you're going to bring somebody to the Christmas dinner. Like a lot of these things are so invasive and they, and they bring up these things that, you know, you single, you don't need nobody else to point that out. And so this holiday season can be rough. And so I remember some of the things that I did when I was single, when I would have these moments and I would just be like, you know, let me get a journal and I would journal those feelings. And at the time I didn't realize how valuable it was to do that because sometimes we don't think like this journal doesn't mean anything. I'm just journaling my thoughts, but it did help me to, I went back to my journal. I have all my journals from when I was, since I was 18 and I'm just gone back and looked at some of the things that I would say in those journals and things that I, things that I thought. And I was like, you know, there were so many things that were just so prevalent right here in my journal session, but I needed to write that out and read it to write that out how I felt because sometimes you can't tell people because they may be in a relationship. So it's hard for them to hear that, or you feel like it may be hard for them to hear. Take some time to write out your thoughts this, this holiday season. I do a lot of writing, not just for the blog, not just for content, but I do a lot of writing because it's important for me to feel like I'm getting how I feel out in paper. This Christmas season, think about one, taking care of you. If you need to take a break from visiting so many family members and it's too much, cut that number back. Go to the round the people that you want to be around. And if you do go around people who may be a little more stressful, have an exit plan. Decide when enough is enough and graciously leave that premise. It's okay to leave. Two, have something that you can do, whether it's something on you. I always keep a book on me. I keep a notebook on me either to write things out or to do like a crossword puzzle, something that I can do that I gives me 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes to regather my thoughts so that I can, you know, get myself together and then decide if I'm going to continue on with the, the rest of the day with whomever I'm around. Number three, <clears throat> learn that it's okay to know that, listen, I'm going to go visit, but I'm going to only visit for an hour. Set your time limit on how long you're going to visit. If you are with a spouse and things begin to get a little sticky, have a code word that you can use that says, hey, things are getting sticky. Let's have a little powwow. Let's have a little talk and decide, okay, it's too much for me. We're going to leave together as a couple or I'm going to leave separately by myself and then allow that other person to spend time with their family without an issue. Decide, you know, when you have children 
and you decide <clears throat> you just started seeing yourself your anxiety levels go up especially as parents who deal with anxiety when I decide that my anxiety levels are going up, I'll say to my kids, and I have honest moments with my children at the level that they can understand. And I say like with colors or with numbers, hey, mommy's at a five and I don't want to get to a 10. So I'm going to just go take a quick break. I'm just going to go for a couple of minutes and I'll be right back. You guys go ahead and enjoy. I'll be, I'll see you in a couple of minutes. And they know that I'm getting myself together. We got to have honest conversations about the people that we're around. If you're with friends and you feel like it's getting sticky, hey, say to your friend, listen, I'm really having a tough time. One of my friends came to me and they said, the holidays are stressful. She's going through a, a new divorce. And she's like, listen, I don't even know how much I want to participate. The holidays just seem so weird for me because I'm in a new you know, new space of mine. I'm in a new status of my life and I'm trying to figure that out. And what did I encourage her? I said to her, do what you feel is best at every moment. So that may mean to remove yourself from sometimes or go into situations that you feel are going to be more happier and be around people that you feel are going to bring you the most joy. You know, those are the types of things that I wish that people would have more conversations about how to take care of yourself when you're dealing with Aunt Susie, Uncle so-and-so, cousin so-and-so that are a little overwhelming. How do you handle you? Sometimes it's just taking a few minutes to regather your thoughts because you can be quick with it. Like I'm all about making sure Aunt So-So knows that you can't use those certain words or you can't be disrespectful. I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with understanding that I don't always have to be combative and I don't always have to say anything. So let me do what is necessary for me at those moments. I wish you the most happiest of holidays. That's during this Christmas season as well as the new year because we're going to have a good conversation next week about the new year. And some of the ways that I feel like we missed the mark when we're talking about preparing for new goals. And there's some goals that I feel like we're missing. We work about how, you know our outside body. I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to figure out how to get a new car. I'm going to decide to move. I'm going to travel more. I'm going to do these things. But we forget about all about our inner parts, like our inner body and the things that we need on the inside, the things that we need to change. For instance, I've already started the process of making sure that I take, have more calming moments. How can I have more calming moments in the middle of my stress by saying, hey, I need to have this moment to myself, okay? And there are times when you can't fully get away because I've been around family members like I have my grandmother on my mother's side. If you go to another room and you're in that in her house in her house and you just need a couple of minutes, she will legitimately follow you from one room to another and ask you 20 million times, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? How do you handle that? Well, one thing I've learned to say with my grandmother is, hi, grandma, you know, I'm just having a moment right now. I'm okay. I just want to just spend some time writing in my journal. I'm going to take about 10, 15 minutes and I'll come right back out there. Now, she still may have a follow-up question, knowing my grandmother, she would, but I would still have the response of, it's okay, grandma, I'm okay, I just wanted to take a couple of minutes. Sometimes I do that because I just like to have a little moment to read or just have a little quiet moment. I don't always get that. And I'll tell her, oh, I don't always get those moments because you know with the kids and the family. So I just wanted to take a couple of minutes. It's something that I do try to do every single day. And for the most part, depending on where she's at, for the most part, that actually does work. And it could work in your situation too. Hey, you know, nothing's wrong. I just wanted to gather my thoughts. I just wanted to write some things down or I just wanted to read this book for a couple of minutes. Um, I'm trying to read 15 minutes per day. So I'm just going to take out my moment to do that. I'm just taking a moment or I'm just going to take a walk around the block. Um, I just want to make a phone call and I'll be right back. Something you can do to those lines. You can be gentle. You don't have to be, why are you following me? I, I can't even take five minutes to myself. You just you just won't let me have five minutes. You don't have to do that. Explain. 
hey, I'm just taking a couple of minutes for myself. Sometimes everybody just needs a couple of minutes. And if you just give me this couple of minutes, I promise when I'm done, I'll come right back. Most people can understand that. There's some people who will go beyond that and you just have to say, say the same thing in a different way. And that should hopefully help. Take your moments. Don't let anybody make you feel like you can't. Even with my grandma being the type of person that will follow you around the house, for the most part, you talk to her, she can understand and she'll give you those moments at least. When I went down her, the last time I went to visit with her, I needed those moments and she did. She gave it to me and I was like, you know, I'll be okay. And when I came back, of course, I had to hear, well, you know, what's wrong with you? Because, you know, you had to take a couple of moments. Is well, What am I doing to you that you need a couple of moments? And that's what I say. There's nothing that's wrong. Everybody should take a couple of moments to themselves. It shouldn't have to be something wrong for you to take a couple of minutes. And usually when you say it like that, when you put it in that spirit and you say it like that, people can hear you. Instead of you saying, my God, I asked you for a couple of minutes. Why you could, sometimes you can agitate a situation and take it to level 10 when you can literally be the person that can actually bring it down. But because you feel like you shouldn't have to, then that's when you start feeling that way. It comes out in your voice and your throat and people can hear it. Then you begin to be the agitation to the situation. And you're not being the person that's resolving it. Take a few moments during this Christmas break. My kids are going to get up at the crack of Jesus. I already know that they're going to get up at the crack of Jesus. I also would then visit, most likely visit my family in Lancaster, right? So that means that I'm getting up very early after probably being up late because we're going to church at eight o'clock at night for the Christmas Eve service. So we go to an eight o'clock service at night, have to get them down, make cookies for Santa, get them to sleep, which means they're going to get right back up. And then get up in the morning. I'm going to make breakfast, probably prepare to travel if we do that. And then after doing all of those things, go to my parents and be with my nieces and stuff. And there's a lot going on. I've learned in these last couple of years to take me a good old fashioned nap. Once the kids get the Christmas gifts um, opened and we clear up the wrapping paper and we do all that and everybody has breakfast, I immediately take a nap, one hour nap. And then I prepare to start preparing for travel. That one hour nap makes a difference. That one hour nap is helpful for me to gather my thoughts, make sure that my anxiety levels are in check, get that rest that I already so def desperately need, and then I can proceed with the rest of the day. That helps me. Taking those moments for myself and realizing what my body needs, what my mind needs, and being okay with that. And allowing everybody, once the Christmas gifts are open and we have breakfast, I just allow everybody to just do what they need to do. Sometimes the kids are playing, they're playing with one another. One of the kids may be reading a book that they may just have gotten. I don't let everybody in that hour or so, let them have that moment to themselves to do whatever it is that they need to do without me trying to micromanage that, without me getting involved. Everybody has their moment. And that hour that I took that nap, I feel refreshed. I get back up, I clear everything up. Everybody gets dressed. We proceed with the day. And then we try to do things of let's not use, elevate our voice. When we're talking, let's just try to keep our voice at a certain level because keeping our voices at a certain level when you're dealing with kids helps everybody. Because the second as a parent, even though I could, I'm grown, I can yell if I want to, this is my house. Yes, we all know that. But you can also keep the spirit of your house in the right flow. And especially moms, we are really the beat that keeps that house going. And if you're always on agitation station, your kids are going to be agitated all the time. And so I've been learning to keep my responses at bay by keeping the tone of even my voice has helped keep the tone of my voice at a certain level to help my kids. Hey, son, I've asked you to do a certain thing. You didn't do it. What's going on? Why aren't you doing such and such? I don't have to ask, like, you know, my parents used to say, we don't, we don't have to ask you nothing. If I tell you to go do something, you do it. Yes, that's true. Cause you're the adult. 
but I'm also responsible for how my kids are interacting with me in said house because everything don't have to be a yell scream session and everything don't have to be because I'm grown because you're already grown. Whether you yell or not, you can be grown. So I don't feel I need to do all those things just because I'm grown because I'm already grown, right? I'm grown in how my age and I'm also grown in how I handle my responsibilities and how I take care of me and myself and my family. And so I've learned, bring that voice down, relax your tone. Kids can hear you. If they're always hearing you from a level of scream, then you're not doing something right, which means that you need to read back and recharge yourself. This isn't about gentle parenting. This is about regular people. Nobody wants to be screamed at every time you tell them to do something. So you have to tell them, telling them and speaking to them and speaking to them don't always mean you need to scream and holler. And this is why we can't keep conditioning our spouses and our kids to only respond to you when you yell. You should be able to speak to them and everybody should be able to hear and then do. But that takes some time. That takes quite some time to get to that point. It took me a long time to get to that point. But now that I'm here, I try my best. And I'm not always perfect. I will yell. I do things like that. Did I know I'm still working on me and I'm working actively to work on, but I do try to keep the temple in the house at the right level because we women, wives, and mothers have the responsibility because whatever our responses will be is what becomes the response of the house. I recognize my power and I try to use that power in the right way. I hope that something that I said has resonated with you as you go into your visitation season, as you go into the season where you go and you start talking to family. If you're calling family, maybe you're not able to see them and you're calling them. Make sure you just keep the conversations at a holiday stance. If you see that the conversation is going to something that you're not comfortable with, bring the conversation back to holiday. Hey, aunt so-and-so, you know, I'm really not really trying to have that conversation today. This is all about the holidays. I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and just keep it moving. Do that. A lot of times you can control the situation. You can't always control the responses of the other people, but you can control you. And so I try to control me. If a conversation is going left, bring that conversation back. If that person continues to go left, then you have to remove yourself from that conversation and say, listen, I really, t- you know, I've already said I only want to talk about the holidays and you're dead bent on talking about something that's not necessary right now. I'm not ready to have that conversation. Not today. I'm not ready to have that conversation the way that you're trying to bring the conversation up, but maybe we can talk another time and find a time when we're both ready and we can have that conversation, but I would prefer for not to be during the holidays. Those that can be a response that you can give. Hey, you know, I know we've had our issues in the past. I'm not ready to necessarily move on, but I do want to curtail that conversation for right now. We can pick it up at a later time, but I just want to wish you a happy holidays or Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a happy new year. Whatever the case may be, sometimes our, just our tone can control the situation from our perspectives. We can't control them. I'm not telling you to control them. I'm telling you to control you. This holiday, take time for yourself. Take a break. Take a nap, eat good food. Don't do this whole thing where I have to, you know, I'm on a diet. I'm on a try it. I'm on all these different things. Take control. Enjoy the things that are around you. Um, You may not have all the money in the world to do a lot, but do the best with what you got. You can't always give everybody all the things, but you can give them two or three beautiful things and allow them to enjoy that. What I've learned as a parent, especially in my kid's situation, is that I can give them a couple of items and let that be that. Because nine times out of 10, they have people all around them that are going to give them stuff. So I don't have to feel like I have to do it all. And so I've learned that if you're trying to go out and buy more and more and more because you feel like it's not enough. I saw somebody online said it's enough. It's enough. You've given enough. You ain't got to have that tree built all the way to the top of the tree. A few items for somebody. Think about the things that they said they wanted. Give them some of those things and move along. 
right? Because you're not going to be able to do everything for everybody, but you can do a little bit of a beautiful thing for a couple of people and then make your heart feel good about yourself and go about your way. Do what you can. Don't go into debt. Don't start charging stuff. Don't start moving money around. Don't start doing any of that. Do the what you can and then move on. Everybody else will be okay, especially if it's adults. Listen, for adults that don't live in my house, which is only my husband, everybody else is bonus. If I gift you something or you gift me something, that's a bonus. I'm not looking for anything from anybody. And I mean that, like sincerely not looking for anything. I can go to my mom's house right now and gift for the kids and no adults exchange anything and I would be right okay with that. I would go home, back to my house and be just have a good Christmas because it's not about that. I wish you well this Christmas season. I pray something that I said has ignited you. I'm going to be um, on the blog today, giving you some of my top five um, podcasts that I listen to during the season, including one of uh, one of our Christmas episodes that have been really doing well in this numbers. The Christmas um, one where I talk about the good and bad of the things that I've had during Christmases in the years past. That episode um, is doing really well. So I'm going to give on the blog. So if you follow me, that's T-O-I-T-I-M-E.org. That's toytime.org. I'm going to list um, some more skill sets or some more things that you can do for the holiday season to get you through. I'm going to list a couple of podcasts that you should listen to that will get you through. Um, Some things are just about pop culture. And sometimes just listening to things, it just always helps me too. Um, some journal prompts that you can use for this for the holiday season. I'm going to give you that so that it can help you with some of those journal entries that you may be using while you're taking your moments away. So I'm going to give you five journal prompts, five podcasts to listen to, five different techniques to use for the holidays because I want to see you successful because I don't want to see you burnt out. I don't want to see you overextended. I don't want to see you overstimulated. I don't want you to bring up old hash things that you're not ready or prepared to, to take on because if you're not prepared to take it on, you're not going to take it on the right way. It's not going to serve you or anybody else well. I want you to take a, the note of the people that are in your circle, that are your close circle, not people that you just simply know. The people in your close circle should be able to understand and give you your moment. If you are people that you simply know, meaning this could be family too, that just simply they know you and they think they have ownership over you. And so they tell you, I know you, I've been knowing you since you was a baby. I'm not the same person that I was as a baby. I'm a grown person and my things and my thought process have changed and the way that I see life has changed and the way that I evaluate things have changed and I need you to respect my my adulthood. Sometimes that's the biggest battle with adult with older older adults in your family, the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, they still see you as 12 year old and you're not 12 anymore because you're grown, you have your own family, you have your own just adulthood and sometimes people don't want to respect you being adult. It's not the time to beat yourself on the chest and start hollering about how grown you are. The people who holler about how grown they are don't realize that you don't have to do all that to be grown. You're still going to be the same level of grown whether you beat, holler, scream into the mountaintop. And you don't have to do all that to get somebody to see it. You ain't, you ain't living right. You ain't walking right. Let people know. Listen, the way I used to think of when I was 20, I don't think like that anymore. I'm a little older now. I try to see things differently. This is the path that I'm on. They may say, girl, you full of crap. You full of it. Let them think that it's not here. We're not here to uh, diagnose. We're not here to have them diagnose you so that they can feel good about themselves. This is where I am about certain stance. This is where I feel about certain conversations. I'm not going to agree with you. I had a family member that had came out and everybody was like, we all feel no, there's no we. 
Y'all feel that way. And it's not one band, one sound. This is not drumline. As a family, I have a right to go rogue and decide what's best for me and how I choose to handle the situation. And you can handle the situation that you want to handle. That person ended up having so much resentment because everybody wanted to like basically shut him out. If we shut him out, he'll come back. What type of logical sense does that make to shut somebody else out and hope that they will come back? If somebody, if you shut somebody out and you think that they're coming back, I'm going to tell you why they come back. They're coming back because you have built a trauma bond not because you have built a situation that's actually conducive for love and for entreating so I don't believe in that I don't believe in shutting somebody out and hope that they will come back if I shut them out and if we all come together and they have nobody to turn to they'll come back if they come back because they have nobody to turn to is only because it's an actual trauma bond and I learned that in therapy and I learned that the people who use those types of techniques are not necessarily trash humans but they have some trash inside of them that they need to go ahead and get rid of I'll say that because that's no makes no logical sense to treat somebody wrong and hope that they'll come back. That is the sign of abused people. That's emotional abuse. That's emotional tactic. And the fact that people and I and I know it now, but the fact that I didn't recognize it when they said it then, I'm like, you know, that is literally that's the actual definition of emotional abuse. Let me treat you so wrong that you'll have nobody but me, and then you'll be I'll be your your source of love and and endorment. That love that you claim you're giving is trash. It is not real love. It's basically controlling that person by using tactics that are unfair and they actually hurt people. You can't use hurt to use them to, to bind them to you. That is a trauma bond. Anywho, we can talk about that a little longer another time, but I want you to have the best holiday. Please eat something that's going to make your soul just feel happy, whether it's banana pudding, a piece of cake, a good piece of pie, whatever it is. Enjoy these holiday season. Listen, these treats is off the chain. These treats is treating. So I need you to treat yourself and have yourself a good holiday. Make sure that you treat people well. Do the best that you can to treat people around you as well as possible. If you cannot go around family right now, call up some friends. Even if your friends is doing their own thing, they're with their family and you're like, okay, find a moment to just connect. Some of my friends will get together. We can't get together maybe on the day, but we'll get together like the day after. We'll go out, we'll have a few drinks or we'll go and we'll have a Zoom call or we'll do whatever we can to connect. Find those connection moments because everybody deserves at least one connection moment. I'm going to be calling a few people that I know that I haven't heard from from a while that I know I just want to hear and make sure they're okay. And some of them who are going through seasonal depression. Because I know that the winter has now kicked in. We celebrated the first day of winter yesterday. And so that means that winter has officially come. And so we need to make sure that we take care of ourselves during the seasonal depression moment. Um, open your blinds to, the, to create that false sense of light. Um, I have a actual um, light that I use that's artificial. I plug it into my laptop and I use it. It helps to make you feel, trick your brain into thinking that it's like light, that is summery type. Um, there's things that you can do with that. Um, sometimes increasing my therapy sessions throughout these next couple of months while the winter is here is going to be helpful for me. I'm going to have a total different, um, eat, uh, have a different journal that I use during this winter season that'll help during my seasonal depression because I like to write everything out and writing everything out also allows me to know what my triggers are. That's what helped me to, to, to figure those out because I go back and I see certain times of the year where I find that I'm the most agitated or something's happening. I can then discover that those are triggers. Um, write in your journals if you can. If you don't have one, go get you one. Just go to the dollar store, get you a quick book, go to a $5, five below, go get you a quick book. Um, request it from a family member. What do you want? Ask them, hey, I would like a beautiful journal. Let them gift that to you. Get a beautiful pen, write in your journal, whatever you need to do. Listen to certain podcasts that elevate your spirit, makes you feel good, makes you think about things differently. 
I'm going to give you all of that today on today's blog post. So make sure that you follow along. Thank you for rocking out. You guys have been kicking it up a thousand. When I've been seeing these numbers lately, it's have shooken me. I said, my God, y'all out here listening. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It doesn't grow without you. And I recognize that every single time. Have the most amazing day today. Have a great weekend. Protect your spirit as much as you possibly can without making sure that you are not protecting your spirit should not make you police somebody else. Protect only you. Protect only you and your heart because that's the only person you have that control is. I want you to put your finger to the tip of your nose. That's where your power stops. You can't take your power beyond that. Okay. Your power stops right there. You can't make anybody beyond that do anything that they don't want to do. Have a great weekend. Have a great day. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And I'll be back with you next week as we talk about goals for the new year and some goals that I feel like you're missing. Have a great day. And thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.